Andre Dawson, Hall of Famer from the Chicago Cubs, and you're listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast featuring everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Manaman. Welcome back to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. As always, this is everybody's favorite coach, Coach Manaman, checking in here doing a recap of the previous week with some very good high school baseball, a lot of great area matchups that happened in the past week. As always, this show would not be possible if it wasn't for our great sponsors. Got to give huge shout outs and thank yous to Dugout Sports in Fairfax, Iowa. Train where the pros in Iowa train. We can't forget genuine landscape and design. Owner and operator Tyler Ernson fully distributing. And then we have two great insurance companies sponsoring the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast this year. Nolan Weber Insurance and the New Eagle Group at New Eagle Insurance. The Farley Tournament wrapped up. I was not even close to picking any of the winners. If you're hearing this and it's a Monday or a Tuesday and you want to do some Worthington Tournament Pick'em with me, shoot me a message. You can find me on social media, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast on Facebook and Instagram or at Coach Manaman on Twitter. Let's get some semi-people on board. Let's do a tournament pick'em for Worthington. I hear one of the classics, one of the best tournaments around. Farley ended up in the championship, and they were defeated by the Zwingle Suns, who are currently 13-1 on the year, and they have won the previous two tournaments. We'll see if they can make that a three-peat and win the Worthington tournament, which starts this week. Did some things a little bit differently this week. I knew with Father's Day weekend, this week was going to be crazy, was going to be difficult to record. So we took a look back at last week and we looked at some of the top performers that took place in the Dubuque area and we invited them on for a quick 10 or so minute interview. So if you're interested in only listening to one of the interviews, check the timestamps in the episode descriptions, and you can listen to those. I say listen to the whole damn show. It's a good show. This is. It, I was telling my wife tonight, this show has really come a long way. It's a good podcast. If you're a fan of baseball, if you're a fan of the Dubuque area, it's a good show to listen to. So hopefully we can keep this content coming, throwing around the idea of introducing some other sports here, football in the fall, possibly girls and boys basketball. Hopefully next summer we can get somebody on board to do what I do, but on the softball aspect of it and cover more sports instead of just baseball. But if you're a Beckman fan, Nate Offerman, who had a great pitching performance, beating Cascade one to nothing, is going to check in. After that, we have Will Sullivan, who had a great outing defeating Crosstown rival 
the Hempstead Mustangs, and he's on the senior Rams. And then Cade Roush had a great pitching performance as well, but he's been doing it all year on the mound. He's been doing it all year behind the dish. If you're a Cascade Cougars fan, check the episode description and see what Cade has to say. We got a word from one of our great sponsors coming in here, and then we'll welcome in our first guest, Nate Offerman from the Beckman Blazers. Hello, this is Donna Hirsch with New Eagle Insurance, proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. New Eagle Insurance is an independent agency offering several carriers for home, auto, and recreational vehicles, as well as business insurance. This allows us to customize your coverages and offer a competitive premium. Let us step up to the plate and knock it out of the park. Call New Eagle Insurance today at 563-582-5834. Joining us now is special guest from the Beckman Catholic Blazers, one of the top pitchers in the area, statistically is our top pitcher in the area, and it's Nate Offerman from Dyersville Beckman. Nate, great job last night, dude of the night winner, and talk to us. What was the atmosphere like in Cascade last night for one of the biggest rivalries in all of high school baseball? Yeah, I mean, it was a... It was fun. I mean, just walking into the park, normally there's no nerves for me in baseball because, you know, I just, I don't know, there's something about I don't get nervous in baseball. But uh, yesterday walking in the park, I had headphones on. I was listening to music. I knew that I had to get ready because every little thing is just going to go down to the wire. Every single hit, every single play, uh, the crowd was going to be yelling at uh, the umpires, everything. You know, I just knew it was going to be into it. So, uh, yeah, it was a good one. I knew this was one of those games that I just didn't really want to screw up. What were you listening to? Oh, man, I don't even know what I was listening to. I was Anything I could do to get locked in, I knew I had to do it. After, I mean, last year uh, I went in there and they put up five runs on the first inning versus me, so I knew that I needed to be locked in for the very first pitch. Now, you mentioned – the crowd really getting into it. I was not able to be there last night. Um, I actually was originally scheduled to ump, had a sick daughter with a 103.4 fever. So I've been on the shelf tending to her for quite some time. If you had to make a guesstimate on how many people were in attendance last night at beautiful American Legion Park in Cascade, what would your guess be? And, well, normally our buddies don't go to the baseball game, and there's probably 20 of those guys, and then all the parents and all their family. So my guess would probably be 150 people, maybe. Great to hear. And they saw two great baseball games. Now, yeah, absolutely. you threw the tail end of the doubleheader. You threw game two, correct? Yes. Were there more nerves going into your start knowing that Cascade ended the losing, I'm sorry, ended your winning streak that you had going into the second game of the doubleheader? No, um, I think it was probably better for for me and my mindset on the mound that we lost game one. Because um, if we won game one, it was kind of like playing 
Uh, I was just trying to protect it, you know, and uh, we didn't have anything to protect. We were down. We were going in to get a split. And so I knew that I had to do my job and pitch pitch the game that I that I could and uh, be myself on the mound. So I think that losing game one actually helped my mindset on the mound. Beckman previously had won eight games, and then they did lose to keep, to Cascade in the first game. Now, Nate, I don't know if this is just my perception, but this is how I kind of see things, just checking Bound daily, checking Beckman on Twitter, and then also reading the TH. It seems like whenever the Blazers have needed to stop a losing streak, they've turned to you and you've always responded. So how does it feel knowing that Coach Mabe or previously Coach Martin, if they just needed to have a victory or if there was a must-win game, they were always giving the baseball to you? Uh, it feels good. I mean, I feel like I've earned it, though. Um, over the years, just put work in and uh, – they know that I'm a player and I think that second place is last place. And so I just, I've always been a player when it comes uh, uh, pitching and I just knew that I couldn't let my team down. I don't like letting my team down. Um, it's kind of a good feeling to me when uh, Mabe can hand me the baseball and just say, all right, it's your turn and I can just go to work. And uh, well, I should say this last night, I couldn't do it either without my defense because my defense last night was spectacular. I don't think we had any airs all night and uh spencer ray there was a a ball hit out in the left field and there was a guy running home and spencer ray threw it in from the outfield and it was just a perfect throw and that kind of that kept it to zero so i think that that really won us the game so i like i said i couldn't do it without my teammates last night interesting story about spencer ray he played for me as an eighth grader when i coached the western dubuque bobcats and he earned his way into the lineup for me as an eighth grader because of his great defense. So it's great to see that Spencer, four or five years later, is still playing great defense, even though it's with a different program. Looking at your night, you picked up the victory, you struck out three guys, gave up five hits over seven, complete game shutout. Talk to us. What was working? When you were um, on the rubber last night? Oh, uh, to be honest, it didn't feel like anything was working. It felt like everything that I was throwing, they were hitting. Um, just seemed like they were putting a lot of balls into play, and, and three strikeouts isn't a great performance in any means. But like I said, I was going into that thing, and I know that if I could throw a two-seamer inside and they could, they'd pull it, I knew that Dylan Raker was going to make the play. Um He's been making like everything for me. Every single time I go on the mound, I, I give him the nod. Like, I'm going to throw that two-seamer that cuts in their hands, and you're going to have to make the play. So, yeah, he made a couple diving plays. And then we move over to our shortstop, uh, Jake Schmidt. He made an uh, – well, he doubled the guy off, which is perfect, like a diving play. Uh, so I was pretty pumped about that. And then, yeah, so basically what was working was my defense, nothing that I was doing. Nate, they say in this rivalry that the greatest players from Cascade and Beckman have shown up to the occasion. You've sure shown up, but let's take a look at your year so far. Currently, you've thrown 37 innings. You have a record of 6-0, and and your ERA is below 1 at 0.57, and you've struck out 41 guys. Opponents are only hitting 161 off you. What? 
did you do leading up to this year? Knowing it's your senior year, I know you're not playing baseball after this year. So talk to us about leading into the year and talk to us about the year so far. What have been the highest of the highs? And looking at your statistics, it seems like there hasn't been any lows so far. Um, I mean, like I said, it's just for me, uh, I know that I've always been like I've had the the skill and the confidence just growing up playing a lot of baseball and everything, but it's honestly just keeping good head on my shoulders. Um, like sometimes you get in an inning and someone like something may be nerve nerve wracking or something like last night in the sixth inning. Uh, I went, I don't know why I walked out to the mound a little nervous and they got two guys on base right away. So, uh, over the off season, it's just kind of like watching more baseball on TV and just trying to like get, uh, I don't know, like a clue of what MLB is going to be doing and what pitchers that like professionals are going to be doing when it gets to a one-one count or something like that. So I know what to do because uh, I call my own pitches typically. Like uh, Massey Florence puts them out, but most of the time I'm nodding him off and just making sure that he's like moving left and right. So I just think uh, more knowledge is what uh, brought me to where I am right now. Now, last year, Matthew Florence did not catch. How has him behind the plate helped you this year, and how has that relationship grown with uh, him behind the plate? Yeah, it just took off. Uh, the first couple uh, games that we've played together weren't weren't the greatest, in my opinion. Uh, he was messing up a couple things. I wasn't throwing the right pitches. Just not a lot of communication. But just over the last couple games, uh, you could tell that uh, I'm trusting him a lot more, and, and he's trusting me a lot more. Just a lot of trust and bond that we built together, and it's been working. So I don't know why we just wouldn't keep doing it and keep trying to get further into our relationship of pitching and catching. I could be wrong, but did he have a couple walk off hits this past week? Yeah. Uh, uh, Wednesday, we were playing North Lynn, and well, it was first and first and third. I got up, and they intentionally walked me, so I wasn't very happy. And then they got to him full count, and he knocked one up the middle. So uh, we needed that for him because his bat has been kind of struggling. So any confidence that we can get in him is uh, is going to be nice for the postseason. And it looks like he has come on late. He is hitting over 300, hitting 311, does have 10 RBIs and doing a great job behind the plate. Last question before we welcome in our next guest. And in typical Iowa small town fashion, we have a train in the background, but that's great. This is the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. That sort of yeah, thing happens. I'm sorry. I'm golfing right now. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I'm not, I'm not worried about that. I am just so happy that you were able to take 10 minutes out of your day to do this. I, I really appreciate it. Last year, Beckman went to the state tournament. What's it going to take for Beckman to get back to the state tournament and do you think next year we might see you pitching semi-pro for the Dyersville Whitehawks? Uh, man, I don't think you will much. I'm trying to stay healthy and everything for golf, and I'm playing next year at Kirkwood, so I know that uh, I'll be practicing a lot more than what I recently have. Um, so it was good enough, I thought, for me to play the last two years for Beckman. I was considered not even playing just to try to uh, play more golf tournaments and everything, but I knew that. I, I might regret not playing my junior and senior year knowing I started as a freshman. So I don't think I'll be playing a lot of semi-pro, but back to the what what I think uh, 
will take us to state is just, like I said, great defense. And then a lot of times uh, Luke Shields and Luke Sigworth get on base. And then from there, there might be someone on second with zero outs and he doesn't even get advanced. So we got to do a lot better situational hitting. Um, like I said, I, I, I firmly believe that we got one of the, one of the best defenses uh, around. So we stay confident there. There's going to be no problem there. And then, like I said, just situational hitting. Uh, if we need a bunt, we got a bunt. If we need a pop fly in the outfield to move in, we got to just move them. We got to do stuff uh, old uh, old fashioned instead of just everyone trying to hit home runs. Nate, best of luck to you and your teammates. Hopefully, nobody's asking to play through right now, but I'll let you finish your round of golf. Have a great rest of your day. Best of luck Perfect. the rest of the season. Perfect. Thank you. Have a good one. You too. See you, bud. Stick around for more great content, but first, a word from one of our amazing sponsors. Our next sponsor is Tyler Ernson, owner and operator of Genuine Landscape and Design. They continue to be the trusted go-to landscape and lawn care company of the tri-state baseball community. Whether it's regular lawn maintenance, a retaining wall, or a complete landscape makeover, they are always glad to help get your property looking pristine. As of last summer, they have become a licensed nursery located at 16109 Root Lane in Holy Cross, Iowa, carrying a wide variety of natives, trees, perennials, and other nursery favorites. Check them out on their website at GenuineLandscapeAndDesign.com or on Facebook. Phone number is 563-581-1052. This year they will also be carrying a handful of field maintenance supplies as well, such as Kentucky bluegrass sod, clay, and field conditioner. As proud sponsors of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast, anyone who mentions they heard them through this podcast will receive 10% off their next service. Our next special guest joining us, current King of the Hill winner from New Eagle Group is Will Sullivan from the Senior Rams coming off a masterful outing against city rival, the Hempstead Mustangs. Will, welcome to the show. How are things going? How's the arm feeling? Yeah, it's, it's, it's starting to get a little sore. It's, it's definitely, tomorrow's it's definitely pretty sore, but um, it's, it's not too bad right now. Hopefully Hopefully it'll you know get better soon and stuff like that. I had the feeling listening to the game that it could have gone 14 innings and Coach Soy would have had to have pry the baseball out of your hand that there was going to be nothing yeah. that would take you out of the game. Any truth to that? Yeah, that's definitely that's exactly right. I that was definitely my game to finish. Um, that's pretty much all I really need to say. As I, I just I knew that was going to be my game and. I knew I had to finish it. Now, Will, looking at it, um, before the game against Hempstead, you're current. You were currently zero and two on the year. Did you know how far in advance did you know that you were going to get the game ball? And then, how did your mindset change knowing that 
the radio is going to be there. You're probably going to have one of the biggest crowds of the season. Mm -hmm. And you're playing a Hempstead Mustang team that we know Justin Potts is having a great year. And we know Kurt Saunders is having a great year. And we know what Johnny Mm -hmm. Marion can do in the middle of that lineup there. What were you thinking heading into that start? Um, So... Coach uh, Travis Logan, he told me Wednesday, right, uh, Wednesday I practiced. So usually when I'm told that, I usually, right from then on, uh, I usually get into that kind of good mentality and just to just to prepare myself. And I really, I just had to treat it like another game. I had to stay relaxed and stay calm. That was, that's pretty much what I have to do to stay composed and stuff like that. That's why I, that, that's what helps me the most when I pitch every game, just treat like another game and just stay calm. One thing that I think is very cool that's happening at senior is, and I'm hoping we'll see this in the future, your brother, I believe, mm-hmm. is one of the top arms on the sophomore team. And mm-hmm. then your dad, who his former high school coach, Ed Fayen, told me, is one of the best to ever come through the program. So what's it like yeah. having your father watch you from what I think is the second best seat in the house? Best seat in the house is being behind home plate umping. Yeah. But what's that feel like having your dad uh, coach you and have the ability to um, watch you from the dugout during those big games and big situations? Yeah, it, it honestly, it's it feels amazing because we've – We've worked so hard ever since we were little, and he's spent so much time with me and my brother. And just to, you know, watch me and my brother, and especially when we do good, have good outings and stuff like that, just it's an honor because we're we're kind of replacing his his shoes, really. And I just I respect him so much for what he's done for me and my brother, and it's just it's it's amazing. One thing I think will be cool, maybe we'll see it next year. We might see a Sullivan and Sullivan, mm-hmm. maybe double header. Maybe yeah. um, you guys will throw a double header, or maybe you'll throw yeah. an inner city game. I was listening to the game last night. I really want it to go, but uh, my daughter had a fever of 103, so we weren't leaving the house. But one thing that I made the analogy talking to people about the game. It kind of reminded me of a bot of a boxing match. So the boxer comes out first round, he gets hit in the mouth hard and really has a, a really poor first round. And then just something clicks. And that's how your start kind of reminded me of last night. You gave yeah. up base hits to the first three hitters and Hempstead had you down one, nothing. And it seemed like, maybe they were going to run away with it. We know sometimes Mm -hmm. batters have better at bats the more times they see a pitcher, but you shut them down from that point. They only got one run. You retired nine guys after that. Um, Then there was one base hit, and then you retired the next five to end the game. So what changed, and what was that? aha moment maybe during the start after those three consecutive base hits to to turn that start around for you yeah um so really right away in the first inning when they scored that first run like all it is i had to stay calm and i knew that we had to score either way so i also my i pitched 
really good because I have to give the credit to my defense. They did fantastic. I can't thank them enough. Drew Francis with a diving play at first, um, and Max Waller too with a diving play at second. From from then on, when those two plays happened, that's really when it kind of set the tone for the game because I don't remember when we scored the two runs, but when we did, that just totally boosted my confidence. And then we made our defense was just unstoppable and we we're making plays. And that's, I can't thank them enough because that's what really set the tone for the game. That gave me the confidence to keep going until we just shut it down. Now the Rams roster is very junior, sophomore heavy, very mm-hmm. few seniors on the team. Would it be a fair assumption of mine to say that Jonathan Willie is the leader of the senior Rams? Yes. Yeah, for sure. What for sure. what does he mean to the team? And I know I've heard this from his time playing in semi-pro and I've seen it personally watching him, but I don't think I've ever seen him make an error. And I've watched a lot of senior Ram baseball. What does it mean as a pitcher having the captain of the infield out there at shortstop and knowing that he's going to make every single play he needs to make. And he might even make um, those difficult 50, 50 plays to help you out. Yeah. Well, it is a huge honor to have him on the team because I know when one ball goes to shortstop, I know it's an automatic out. I don't have to worry about it at all. And it also helps with our other players too, because they see John do that. And it just it brings the whole team up, and then from then on, it just that's just where we prosper. Everyone else starts to do good, and it just he totally brings a new energy to the team when he does that because it just it helps the team so much. I want to talk about the Rams moving forward. You do have a new coach in Coach Tyler Soigling, and I uh, got a text message today from Danny Miller from the Telegraph Herald, and it was, wow, the boys really play for Coach Soigling. They really play hard for him. So looking at your record, I know the senior Rams aren't happy with where it is. I know if I talk to Coach Soy, I know he would not be happy with where the record is right now. So I know that kids sometimes just show up and they're there and they go through the motions. But that Mm -hmm. conversation that I had with uh, Danny Miller from the TH was about how hard the guys are playing. So what is um, new coach Tyler Soigling brought to the program that may have been different in years past? And would that be a fair assessment that the kids are playing hard? And even though the Rams don't have as many wins as they would have liked, they're still showing up every single game, given it they're all um, talk a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so far Tyler has been, an amazing coach. I, I respect him so much. And he he cares about the game so much, which helps us because he gives us so many options and like a ton of opportunities to better ourselves with, you know, even in the off season and stuff like that, he started right away. And I think from him caring about the game and stuff like that, and not only about caring about the game, but just caring about us as players because he knows you know, he's been in those shoes before, and um, he brings new energy. You know, he gets us going in the dugout when we get down and stuff like that. And even at practice, too, we practice the energy. And um, and just to – he always says that it's always a compete, to outcompete the team. And that's 
pretty much what we stick by and it just it's helped us so much because we've been in we've been in every game and our record doesn't show that but we've been in every game we just can't finish at the end to execute and finish the game but i think as the season goes we're we're going to start doing that and i think we're going to start winning a lot more it's been an up and down season for the rams they had the highest of the highs when they swept for a ranked pleasant valley and then had a little bit of a down period and then beat third ranked I'm sorry, not third ranked, but 3A ranked Wallert Catholic had Western Dubuque on the ropes a couple times. A lot of times you see that's a characteristic of a young team is they're in every game, but there's always something that just is a setback for them to lose. I do know talking to quite a few coaches from the state, they've shared with me, they do not want to play this senior Ram team in the playoffs because they think they could win a game or two Mm -hmm. and maybe oust a top ranked team in the sub-state brackets once they get released. So talk to me a little bit about moving forward. What do you think is a possibility for the Rams if they bring their A game together? And what are your hopes for the remainder of the season personally individually on the mound and in the batter's box and then program and team wise. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for the, for our team, it's, I mean, it's really, I trust Tyler so much and I think he can, he's such a good coach and he can um, just win those, the, the big games in those big situations and, that starts obviously from practice and stuff like that. Cause like I said before, he cares so much about the game and he knows how to uh, get us ready and prepare us for those moments. Cause we've been doing that at practice and stuff like that. But um, for me, I just want to keep hopefully getting more wins on the mound. That's really my goal and to just shut down teams. And cause I know obviously like yesterday, I have a good defense behind my back and that's really all I need. It's to throw strikes, have the defense do good work, and not only with our defense, but our offense. I trust our offense so much we can get going on offense. Um, and I think just from these past games, our, and hopefully future games, our confidence is just going to keep going up, and that's really that's really all we need. I did something last night, Will, on the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast that I very rarely do. I uh, always post every single night on Instagram, Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast listeners, if you're not following, send me your player and pitcher recommendations. And I very rarely post them the night of because I like to always go in, take a look at all of the recommendations, take a look at all the statistics. And I posted yours right away. And I can tell you there are some nights where I maybe get one or two nominations I had 17 notifications right after that game ended. Every single one of them was saying Will Sullivan. So congratulations on a great outing. Thank you to everybody that nominated Will. And Will, I wish you and I wish your senior Ram teammates the best of the luck moving forward. Yes, thank you. Thanks again for having me. It's, It's a great honor for sure. Awesome. Have a great rest of your day and good luck the rest of the way, bud. I'll be right back. But first, let's hear from one of our great sponsors.
Nolan Weber Insurance through American Family Insurance as a proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Contact Nolan or a member of his crew at 563-258-5467 to request a quote. You can also find this highly reviewed agent on Facebook by searching Nolan Weber Insurance. Our last guest joining the show, actually closing out the show, was a role he was familiar in last year as the Cascade Cougars closer. This year he's jumped into a starter's role, is Cade Rausch from the Cascade Cougars. Cade, great game the other night. We're going to get into that a little bit later here, but talk about the atmosphere at beautiful American Legion Park for the Cascade versus Beckman rivalry that took place last week. Oh, it was it was just awesome. You know, stands were packed all the way around the field, and the last like we played them last year at home too, and it was just a great atmosphere. It always is. Everyone usually comes out, like even the people that usually don't. It's awesome. Good to hear. And you came in facing a red hot Beckman team who had won eight previous games in a row. Does that add a little bit more pressure when Coach Hummel gives you the ball? You see they uh, beat North Lynn the night prior with a walk-off who's ranked in 1A. They've won eight in a row. They're rolling. Luke Sigworth is hitting well. They got Nate Offerman who's throwing who it seems like never loses. But you are able to take them down four to three. What's your mindset heading into the game when you hear you're going to get the ball in game one? Uh, not gonna lie, I actually didn't even know they were on a win streak, so that definitely changed the way I thought about that. And uh, I just, you know, I went out and pitched. I don't really think when I pitch, I kind of just go out there and just try to throw strikes as much as I can and see if they can hit the ball. Which, and they did not hit the ball against you very much. You threw a complete game only allowing three earned runs, giving up seven hits in seven innings of work. Now, looking at your body of work over your career at Cascade, you and I are quite similar, but yet opposite. So I started my high school career as a starting pitcher, ended it as a closer. You've started your career as a closer, and now this year you are a starter and having a great year at that how how does that change um or are you just one that just goes in and if you can get seven you'll give them seven if they only need one you can give them one how's that different being in the starting role compared to the closing role uh it's different because i don't like go as 100 percent trying to throw the ball so like last year when i was a closer i'd give them everything i got and just see what happens before my arm like gets tired but this year I would like I ease into my innings and like I don't throw 100% I'm more like try to locate the ball and not blow it past them you know what my biggest problem was when I was a closer is I would give it my all for that one inning and if I blew it 
or if they tied it and I had to go out for a second inning, I really didn't have much going out. But right now, your year, you're currently 3-0. and You do have one save. Opponent's batting average against is 1.89. Your ERA is sub-2 at 1.93. Going into the year, were you expecting to have this many starts and expecting to have this much success on the mound or did you think you were going to be a closer heading into it? Uh, heading into the year, Hummel did tell me that I was going to need it, be a needed starter more since Jack Carr was leaving and I need, we needed another like number two. So I kind of did expect starting more, but I didn't really expect how much more of a toll, like how much more tired my arm would get throughout the game since I'm only used to pitching two innings. And the first game of pitch against Solon, I gave it my all every inning, and I could tell because by the fourth, I was dangling my arm out there. But, yeah, I did I did know that I was going to be more of a starter role than a closer. Cade, not only are you currently the leader on the Cascade staff, but you're also one of the offensive leaders as well. You have an average of 365. You're getting on base at a 469 rate. You lead the Cougars and RBIs with 17, have popped one home run on the year. One thing that I found interesting about you and is you're leading off this year. Now, you're kind of like me. You're a you're a bigger guy. I don't think we're the quickest guys. Is is that a role that you thought you'd be in at the start of the year, a leadoff hitter? We do know in high school baseball that they can bring in a courtesy runner, a fast guy off the bench. I think in years past you were kind of in the three, four, five range of the lineup, correct? Yep, I was. So how's that change? Or hasn't it changed? Are, are you going up there trying to see more pitches so the guy's behind you, or are you just going up there with the mindset of the first good pitch I get, I'm going to swing as hard as I can and run as far as I can go until they stop me? Yeah, I, I still go up with the mindset of just jumping on the first pitch I see. I like jumping on first pitch fastball. So usually the leadoff hitter, I've seen a lot of just first pitch fastballs, first pitch of the game. So I usually like to jump on that and, I haven't really changed my mindset of hitting since moving to the leadoff spot. Would it be fair to say that you are one of the captains of this team? Because as long as I can remember, and as long as I've been doing this podcast, which I believe is three years and running, you have been playing varsity. How long have you been playing varsity? Uh, I started started catching freshman year, but I did – my eighth grade year, I DH'd a little, like the start of the year. I had, I think I had six at-bats, but then I got taken out of that role. But, yeah, I've been starting since freshman year. And we've noticed that you've had some people that were Cascade fixtures. We've mentioned Jack Carr off camera before we started. Yep. How, how does it feel this year knowing that it's your senior year and the guys are relying on you to provide emotional leadership, also providing leadership. But then it's your year. You are the guy. You're not going to get another senior year, and you're, you're proving yourself in the batter's box and on the mound. Yeah, I'm just going out there with the mindset, like, it's my last year. Might as well give it my all, give it my best, get everything I got. And being a leader, I felt like I've been a – I was a leader last year and maybe my sophomore year too because 
as a catcher, you kind of got to, like, manage the field kind of because you got to see all the field. But it's been the same. I've been, you know, I've been trying to just help out the teammates as much as I can. And everything. How long have you been throwing that wicked slider? I uh, was umping the bases of a scrimmage you guys had at the start of the year against senior. And uh, I was in awe how much your slider breaks. How long have have you been throwing that? And, and what's your secret to get so much break on that pitch? Uh, I think I've ever since I started pitching, really, I mean, I started made more pitching sophomore year, so that's when I probably started throwing it more. And I, I don't know, I just, ever since I started throwing it like that, it's just been moving. Kind of, it's more sidearm, three-quarter action, and I kind of just try to whip it across my body and make it move. Now, do you have any plans after high school baseball related, or what are your future plans, Cade? Uh, right now, I'm going to Kirkwood to study HVAC and plumbing. Um, and I I don't know if there's any baseball plans or not yet. Well, we wish you the best of luck with, with whatever you choose, and whether it's you uh, take the route of never playing again, you've definitely left your mark out there in Cascade, or if you try to give Kirkwood a shot, or if you suit up, mm-hmm. I'm sure the Cascade Reds would welcome you with open arms. So let's talk about the rest of the year moving forward before we hit into that podcast, Killing Double Play. Cascade is currently 8-2 and two in the conference. You're one game behind Beckman, and then they also have Anamosa, a game ahead of you as well. They're six and one in the conference and Cascade is 12 and seven overall. How did it feel last year to go to the state tournament? And what does Cascade need to do this year moving forward to try to secure another spot in the state tournament? Uh, last year, going to the state tournament was one of the best feelings, even though, even since like when we were playing West Liberty, we were down six to, I don't, even, I don't even know, no, three to like one in the top of the six, bottom of six. So when we came back and won that game to go to state, it was the best feeling ever since I've never been to a state in another sport. And it just felt great. And this year to get back, we just got to keep making plays on defense and keep throwing strikes and making them hit. If we just throw strikes, make them hit, and we can, our bats will come alive and score runs for our pictures. Cade, last question before we hit into that podcast, Killing Double Play. Obviously, we've talked a lot about you and the success that you've had this year. Who are some of the other unsung heroes of the Cascade Cougars, guys that are having great seasons, but maybe not have been recognized by me or the Telegraph Herald? Who are some of those guys that just show up to the ballpark every single day and just give it their all and are pushing guys to be better? Uh. There's definitely a couple on our team. I think Mason Otten, he is I think his batting average and OBP is leading in our team. And he's yeah, he's been doing great this year. Cooper hitting the ball off the cover, you know, hitting really good. And our our outfield, you know, Will Hush, he can just fly around the outfield and make just tremendous plays that I can't even just when I'm pitching and he just tracks balls down like nothing, it's crazy. And our whole outfield is just making plays for us a lot. So yeah, all of them. That was the one thing I saw 
on my comment section when I posted the article of your game is everybody talked about how great of a defensive game it was on on both sides. There were guys from Beckman making catches all over the place, guys from Cascade making catches all over the place. Kate, I appreciate you taking 10 minutes out of your day to uh, talk baseball with me and talk Cascade baseball. Rest of best of luck the rest of the way and i hope that you get to fulfill that um, dream of the cascade cougars and return to the state tournament not only returning to the state tournament but bringing some hardware back to the dubuque county area with the state championship thank you for having me on all right six four three we're out of here Dugout Sports in Fairfax, Iowa is a proud sponsor of the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Train where the pros in Iowa train at Dugout Sports. They have top-notch instructors, offer amazing camps led by owner and operator Jay Wannell. Find them on Facebook or with a simple Google search, Dugout Sports in Fairfax, Iowa, to get all your information. Thank you for listening to the Dubuque Area Baseball Podcast. Don't forget to stop by Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star review, and also subscribe on Spotify.